Well, let's go in your Bible tonight. Um, I want you to go with me to the book of Matthew chapter 9, just as a starting spot. But I'm going to pick up over the weekend. We're going to just review. Uh, me and Pastor got together. Yeah, I got that on there. Me and Pastor got together. When was it? Yesterday. We walked through all of this stuff. And I'm still going over it, listening, re- redoing, listening to prophecy that was spoke over the house, spoke over us. I- I've got a list of stuff. I've tried to write down everybody that had a word put over them and looking at what God was saying into you, and uh, we're, we're just looking at all of that, and it, we would be remiss if we just come in and said, that was a good meeting, and walk away. Uh, we would be missing it totally, because it was more than just a good meeting. There was something God was imparting. I really believe that into us, and I've been asking the Lord since Sunday, God, what am I, what am I going to do? What am I supposed to do in this meeting? And while I was setting this morning, I have a Wednesday routine uh, that I meet with uh, Bishop uh, Ron Brown that we get together every Wednesday morning, just, just hang out and talk, the, talk about the good things of God and such as that. But while I was visiting with him, something thundered in my spirit and really came out of what I shared with him, what God was doing here and what he did over the weekend. But I want to talk to you tonight about, this just hit me, it's time for us to dream again. It's time God wants us dreaming His dream again. It is too easy with everything that we've been through over the last couple years from COVID, all the political stuff in the arena, things that are going on in our world that we have, we could, we've become so distracted. I really believe much of the body of Christ and I really believe, and you guys know this COVID thing is real, don't want to take anything away from it, but I believe it's from the pit of hell and I believe it has come to distract the people of God and get you so concerned that you cannot think the thoughts of God. It's amazing. Everywhere I go, I don't care how long I sit, COVID is going to come up. And a lot of times, it's almost the first thing that comes up in people's conversation. Everywhere we go. I don't care on what spectrum. It is there. It is consuming people's mind. I've shared with somebody that we've really been brainwashed. Think about this for a moment. The first message I preached uh, when we went on, uh, uh, when we were quarantined, or, you know, when we were all shut down to, in 2020, and we had to do, we were doing it from home. The first message I preached on that Sunday morning was the story of David and Goliath. You know the story real well. And what did Goliath do to the people of God? Every morning and every evening for 40 days, he got up and he thundered the same message. That's all he had to do. And the more he spoke it, the more fear gripped the people of God. And the people of God kept backing up until they were isolated and frozen. I want you to pay attention to what's happening in our world. Every time you turn on the media, the news media, the first headlines, it doesn't matter what's going on in the world, within the first headlines is COVID. And how many people are sick or how many hospitals are full, it's the first thing. Even when we know it. Hello, even when we know it. The last thing that happens at night, when you turn on the news, what is it? It's COVID. When you hit the afternoon news, what is it? It's COVID. It carries, time it, see how much time they are spending 
filling the people's mind with what is going on in COVID. But not only is it on COVID, it's hitting our Facebook everywhere you go. And everybody said, pray for this one. Pray. We ought to be praying for one another. But it's doing something to it. It's, it's filled the people of God so fearful, and it has distracted us from what the Lord has really intended for the body of Christ to do. I really truly believe that with all my heart. The more I see it, and the more I believe I know what God is up to. It's come to to take us away. So what have we entered into? We've just entered into survival. Just think about it. You may not be sick, but we've all entered into survival mode. What does survival mode get? I hope it doesn't happen to me. So it becomes a focus just about us. And we're afraid to move. We're afraid to go. We're afraid to touch anybody. We're afraid to breathe. We're afraid to get in the crowds. We're afraid to do all. And this is the whole world being hit like this. And it puts us in a survival mode. It really does. And circumstances over time, it's not just been COVID. This thing is, there's been things going on, battle after battle after battle for a number of years can get us in a spot that it robs us of our dreams. It really does. It robs us of our dreams. When I believe God wants us to dream again, what is a dream? When when that hit me, it just thundered in me because I wasn't planning on going here. And I thought, Lord, what is a dream? And I looked up the definition of a dream. Let me give it to you. It's a series of thoughts or images. It's a series of thoughts or images. What are you dreaming about in the things of the Lord or or, or what maybe God has put a dream? What is the image that you see? What, What are you looking at? It also means a cherished aspiration or ambition or idea. I cherish something dear to your heart. I keep seeing this. And Miss Judy, it's been a while. Pressure puts us, it, it comes to break us. Stress comes to break our dream. Trouble comes to break our dream. And there's many factors that the enemy wants to get involved in that comes to break your dream. The Lord quickened this verse to me. I'm going to try to tie it into everything. So just follow with me. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray ye that the Lord of the harvest would send laborers into his harvest. Then he said in chapter 10, verse 1, And when he called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kind of sickness and disease. He names the disciples, the, those disciples now. Verse 5, Then those, these twelve Jesus sent out and commanded, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles and and do not enter into a city of Samaria, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What did Jesus do? Through this, what was he doing? He was giving them a vision. He was giving them a dream of what he desired for their life. Now I'm going to tie all of that into what was spoke to us over the weekend, all right? And we're going to walk through some things. You may have heard things that I didn't hear, but I'm going to share with you some things that that I heard that I wrote down from all of these speakers that were here. 
First of all, Brother Steve was the first one. And the first word that Brother Steve brings is to us is momentum. It was the first word that he brought to us. So when you think about the word momentum, this is what it means. It means a force of movement. It means the force of movement. So here's the question I had to ask the Lord, or I'm asking you tonight. What is momentum for? God's not speaking to us about momentum just for us to come into the church. How quick can we get here? Or how fast can we leave? That's not what he's talking about. Momentum is for a purpose. It's for something we're to accomplish. Then he speaks the word strategy. That came up within every speaker. Matter of fact, the, the young man that Pastor Basdo, uh, uh what's his name, Gander, uh, Bruce Gander, that was when he prophesied at the end of the meeting. Now, he came as a friend, as a guest of Pastor Val and Sherry from, from up around the St. Louis area. He knows them. He knows the credibility in his life. He'd come and asked Pastor Val if he could speak. Now, I know Pastor Val enough. If he didn't believe he was of God, he wouldn't have had him release the word into us. But he said, God was going to give us new strategy. So here's the question that we've got to ask for that. Why? What do we need a strategy for? What is the why? What is strategy? It's a plan of action. You and I have got to believe. We sing this song tonight that this is a move, but the song went even greater that says we are the move. Hello. But what is this move all about at this moment of time? And then I heard Steve speak this word as well. Look for opportunities. Opportunities. What what is an opportunity? It's a moment of time that's been given to you to spring into action. But here's the question that I had. What to do what? See, if I don't look at what God was saying and ask some serious questions, I'm going to go, well, that was sweet, that was good, but there's a purpose behind it. So to do what? I, I have to declare something to the house. I believe we're in a spot. We've always been here. And every one of us are there, but we carry a dual row. Need to understand that. What do you mean a dual dual row? Here's the verse. That we are first, we give God all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. And and we love Him with everything that is in us. And that we pursue Him passionately. We are seeking Him. That is is a primary. I mean, we can't do this without that, Miss Pam. But then here's the second row. That we are His labors in the field to reach His harvest. Remember, remember. I think it was Mitch Pastor also brought this up. What, what is our assignment? To, to know Him and to make Him known to the world. So when we're looking at these things and carrying this dual rogue, here's the way most Pentecostals, charismatic, word of faith, whatever we are, we're either one or the era, one or the other, and we cannot be both. But somehow we're going to have to learn to function in both of these because you can never be passionate really to the heart of God if you're not pursuing what's on the heart of God. Well, you know, I know what's on the heart of God is just that we come and sit at His feet. You better go read the Word again. You better go read the Word again because it's not just about us sitting at His feet. Do I need to sit at His feet? Yes, I do. But that's not the full heart of God. But also what's on God's heart right now, and God has been speaking it, is that the harvest is waiting upon us. 
We've been proclaiming over this last year, especially the last month, that this is harvest time. Miss whatever your name is. Put up our declarations up here on the wall tonight. Let's look at them. We're not going to proclaim them or pray over them right now, but we're going to look at something. Pastor had to bring my attention to something that I, that I had to look at it differently. When he said right, right up here, me and him were looking over all of this stuff. We were talking this stuff yesterday. He said, what does it mean when we say this is the Lord's time? What does it mean to us? You might say, well, yeah, it's the time God's going to move. Well, God is speaking to us in the craziness of the world. In the craziness of everything that is going on. In the craziness of COVID. In the craziness of a messed up political system. In the craziness of when the economy's failing. When it looks like our, when you go into the market, we've got bare shelves now. And things are happening like never have happened in our country. This is what God's saying. This is the time for my kingdom to rule. We, we have to understand that. We're either going to live by the suitcase. Or we're going to live by the Spirit of God. And that's what the Lord was speaking to us over the weekend. So when He's saying it's His time, it's always been His time. It's the time for His kingdom. So God is saying it's not time for us to back off. It's time to pursue. It's time for us to press in. It's time for us to believe and dream again. Dream about a harvest given. Dream those dreams that we once saw ourselves doing for God. I have to admit it, I'm talking to myself because I once was a bigger dreamer than what I am right now. I remember when I started out years ago, I was telling Bishop Brown this this morning. When I started out years ago, me and Diane were young pastors. I just talked talk to people like this, what's your vision? Pastor, reach the city for God, put a roof over the whole city and claim it as mine. I spoke that on TV and the TV host said, he just laughed at me. I thought, dude, and he's a good friend of mine. He just laughed at me. When me and Diane took vacation in those early days, we were so hungry and so pursuant to want to fulfill the vision that God had put in heart because I literally believed that. I even had one leader tell me, well, I had a leader honestly tell me this. You might even feel that way. It doesn't matter. I still got a dream in me. But I had this leader tell me, well, Pastor, I don't really see us doing thousands, maybe a few hundreds. I thought I should have canned you back there. I should have canned you right there because you were sucking the vision, the dream. You, you see what I'm saying? We would go to churches. I didn't go to some small church. I went to some big church. I wanted to go. I, anybody ever heard? Who's the brother that was in Lakeland? Uh, uh, Strader, Carl Strader. Anybody ever heard of him? Carl Strader, it's Assembly of God pastor years ago, probably had one of the first largest auditoriums in, in the country that seat, I think, 10,000 people. Drove all the way to Orlando, Florida, or Lakeland, where, Lakeland, Florida, where that thing was. To go to this church, I mean, Miss Tina, you pull up in that thing, you think you're at the Taj Mahal. Palm trees lined the, the drive into the church, one of the most beautiful facilities. Miss Judy, I think I'd ever put my eyes on. Went in, we didn't, wasn't able to be there for service, but we got there, asked him if we could go in that auditorium. And I mean, it sucked the air out of me. Because I'd never seen anything like that in my life. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. But it's true. You walk in that, their lobby, their lobby, their bathrooms were bigger than the church I was pastoring. I'm serious. You would think you're at Bucky's. I mean, he's ever been to a Bucky on the highway. Man, they got them bathrooms are bigger than this church building. 
It was huge. You walk in that thing, you walk in one level, it goes down, it goes like this, comes up. I mean, it had more levels than that auditorium and seats all over the place. So I just walked myself up to the podium, just looked around a bit, and dreamed about preaching to a congregation like that. Hello. That was my immature. I didn't know anybody, but I was dreaming. I was dreaming. I would talk that stuff. We went from one place to another place. And then you know what happened? We started pastoring, start seeing a little success and maybe this and that. What happens in the middle of that difficulty or whatever? Our dreams begin to fade away. And we stop dreaming about the things that we once saw. Even as we get older, our dreams can fade away on us because we think it's impossible. Well, you better talk to the Shunammite woman. She had given up on a dream, but a prophet came in and said, God said, by this time next year, you're going to have a child. Talk, talk to, uh, talk to, uh, what was his name? Was it uh, to, the, to the prophet in the, uh, the scripture, in the book of Matthew that waited to see Jesus and was reaching that place that he thought it's all over. I'll never see him, but he got to see the Lord. I'm challenging you tonight. I'm challenging a church to stir up a dream because some of you have seen yourself doing the things of the Lord. But here's the deal in this hour. It is not about us anymore. This is all about the kingdom of God. This is all about Him. And God is giving us, He said, I'm giving you a strategy. Many of us are saying, I heard Steve say the prodigals are coming back. Prodigals. So what is a prodigal? It's a person who leaves where he, where he should be. He lives recklessly, but he comes to his, sentence, to his senses. He repents and he says, I'm coming back. So you know what we need to be looking for? Prodigals. Hello. We'd only be looking for them, but we need to be calling them back because that's what God said. Look for opportunities. Opportunities to what? To minister to people. Look for opportunities to reveal Jesus. He didn't say in the house. I think that's one of the biggest religious deals that we have, right? There were three religious statements, Steve said, that we live better lives. The first one is this, I'm not worthy. Okay, you're not worthy. Matter of fact, Mitch prophesied to us, we're not even qualified. We're not even skilled. But it's by the grace of God. He said His grace has been given to us. So i got to get, this isn't about me. I'm just going to trust the Lord. What if I don't say it right? What if I don't do it right? So what right now? God has straightened everything up. Look for the opportunity. Here's those three. I'm not worthy. Here's the second one. Lord, if it be your will. Okay, we know what the will of God is right now. It's the Lord's time and it's time for us to stir ourselves and the gifts on the inside of us and go to work. Well, Pastor, I got to preach but don't have a platform. You don't need a platform. Find somebody and preach to them. You got to leave this place and start thinking in a bigger realm of everywhere you go. Because you may not ever get this platform. Hello? You may not. It's called to me. This is my place. Hello, I'm the one. I, I'm being real, being honest. I'm not taking on. But we've got to look. Platforms are everywhere. Somebody's waiting to hear the gospel, to hear the love of Jesus that is on the inside of you. Third one, third one is, and I, I, did, I don't know if I wrote it right. It, it's not the building. We've made it all about the building, all about the service. 
It's not about the service. This is the gas station. This is the empowering place. This is the equipping. This is the encouraging place. But we leave here and we go out into a world. The moment we leave this place, we're going into a world that needs Him. You know, remember what Jesus said to His disciples, go nowhere but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Okay, let's talk about lost people. What does that mean? There's a bunch of them. You're exactly right. I had to look up that definition. It was interesting to me, Miss Judy. First definition that you'll find about the word lost in the Scripture, it says something like this. They're dying and they're perishing. They're like fruit that is rottening and they don't even realize it. They're dying and they're perishing. Here's the here's this definition that really that really stuck got that really grabbed my heart is that they have stepped away from the family who they really are they're lost and don't know it they're lost and they don't know it. they've stepped away from the family they don't realize who they really are and where they belong and what they belong to and he said so now he said don't don't let it get confident that it's just a building but this thing is about God using us but pastor I'm a mess and we need to be more equipped and we need to do this get this is Zach now okay this is what the Lord dropped in my spirit God is a multitasking God and here's the point he can use you and work on you all at the same time I'm going to say that again. He is a multitasker. He will use you and work on you all at the same time. Well, he just needs to get us straightened out so we can go do. I, I've, that, that's usually a big lie because most time we're not letting him work on us anyway. But along the journey, if we'll be a doer, God will work through us and he'll work on us. And the whole time we're growing. You want to know the best way to grow in the Lord? I'm telling you the best way. I want to get deep in God. I want to grow in God. Like I've heard people say, I just want to go deep. Well, what in the world are you talking about? You don't even know what you're talking about. I just want to go deep. We're deep. We're weird. Seriously. We get weird trying to get deep. Because you get in a place, and you got to understand something. You start opening yourself up, you got to understand that devil works in the same plane. And you open yourself up if you're not careful. Okay, i got to stay away from that. But the best way to grow is give yourself away. Is to sow what God has put on the inside of you. To give away the seed that's on the inside of you. To give away what you know. But pastor, I don't know that much. There's a lot of people don't need a whole lot. They don't need a big theological deep answer, a thus saith the Lord kind of thing. They just need, notice what Jesus did. The Bible said he taught in the synagogues and he proclaimed in the streets or preached in the street. He proclaimed what? The kingdom. He just, you know, there was a man that Jesus healed. He went and told everybody. They said, how do you know? He said, all I know is I was blind, but I see. All I know is I had no peace, no joy. And I got in that meeting and Jesus touched me and I got peace and joy. I don't know how, but that's all I know. I'm telling you. 
If you take, that seems so simplistic, but that's the power of God that God will use. And the whole time you give it away, God's growing you up. He'll work on you. He's a multitasking God. Steve also said this, Holy Spirit makes you a better you. The more you yield to Him, the more we yield to Him. He makes me a better me. He makes you a better you. If we're going to, we need to see improvement, all of us, constantly developing and growing in the Lord. Two things Jesus is after. This is, I'm still on Steve. I haven't even got the Pastor Val and Mitch yet. Two things, two things Jesus is after. Lost and worshipers. Lost and worshipers. He said, everybody will know this verse. John 4. You know, he speaks to the woman at the well. So you worship on this mountain, but he said, the hour has come when all true worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. You know what is interesting? He's speaking to a lost woman. And he's only saying that because she's trying to get religious on him. So he's saying to her, true worshipers are going to come, but I'm after you. So the first thing that Jesus come to do was to get the lost. Hello. If you and I think he needs us to worship him, he's got all the creation. He's got rocks, he's got the moon, he's got the stars. Even Isaiah said the trees clap their hands. Hello. And the greatest worship, I truly believe this, the greatest worship that we can give him is that we go brag on him of what he's done in our life. So the first thing that he's after, this is something that we got to think about as a church. Because if God is saying there's a new strategy coming to the house and there's a purpose and a reason, then what is the purpose? I really truly believe it's harvest. It's about that next, it's about that thing right there that says harvest is here. And you know what? Revival and awakening is here. You know what God did? God just brought revival to us. Because He has awakened us to His purpose. So it's here. He has awakened us to His purpose. Oh, here's a good one. Be more teachable. These are words they spoke to us. We got to be more teachable. Oh, Pastor, I know a lot. I know how to move in God. I know how to hear. Really? We got to be teachable in this hour. I thought about it. I heard them say, one of them said, uh, you know, you've heard this a lot. He gave the fivefold apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I was even thinking about like Sunday night, thinking, I ought to preach a message on that. Because I've never heard anybody teach, okay, how do we get equipped? And for what? For what? We've got to be more teachable. Just, just because you're doing and you doesn't mean you, you know everything. And it doesn't mean that once in a while we need to be corrected. And we need to be thinking more about the purpose than we think about ourselves. And that's how we respond in and out of the house. Hello? Our actions... Not that we want to subdue the Holy Spirit in any form or fashion, but I'm going to be more yielded to Him because I believe it's the work of the Holy Ghost. Remember, Jesus called His disciples. He said this. He said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. He didn't say, follow me, I'll make you great worshipers. He said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. You're going to go get the lost. But then he leaves. He's getting ready to go. And the last thing he said, he went to the cross. He died. Then he said to his disciples, Christina, he said this, tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. 
And then he said, now I want you to go because I'm going to give you power to be a witness of me. So now the Holy Spirit is working through us to go reach, to go do. we got to become more teach. I really believe it. We need to be more teachable. We need to become. Matter of fact, he went on to say this. We will become a magnet where people are drawn to us. People are just being drawn around us. You know, I want it to be that way. The people are drawn around me. People are drawn around you. But we really need to ask, ask ourselves some serious questions. Are, are we drawing people? Are we repelling people? We need to ask a serious question. Well, brother, this is just who I am. Get saved. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Because that ain't who you are. If people don't want to be around you, we got a problem, Houston. If more people are offended when they get around you than getting close to you, we definitely have a problem. If people think you're weird, we got a problem. Well, they're just going to have to because I'm, you know, I'm up here with God. Come on. We got a problem that we need to look at within our lives. I'm serious about what God is doing in this hour because I believe the Lord is more interested in reaching. If every one of us believed Jesus is coming soon, would it only make sense for us to say the most important thing on the planet is to get the harvest in? If I really believe that? Okay, y'all looking at me funny. I'm not letting this jet quickly. Oh, I love this. Last word of Steve. The devil comes to steal your hunger, kill your joy, and destroy your influence. Wow. In other words, he comes to steal our dream. He comes to steal our dreams. I've had it happen. I've had it happen right here. Get rid of everything that we believe God put in our heart to do. I don't know how it's all going to be done. That big parking lot over there, for you guys that don't know, there's an auditorium setting over there. It's not built yet, but it's setting right over there. That was supposed to fill up for 1,500 people. And things went south on us. And it was easy to lose that dream. I don't know. Well, we just give, maybe that wasn't the will of God. Well, then a whole bunch of us missed it because I had about 15 or 20 of you sitting with me at that time saying, Pastor, let's go to work. It wasn't all Pastor. I didn't just step on me. You guys gave me permission. And we went, and things went south. Every time I come up, I see this parking lot. I have people talking about, what are you going to do with that parking lot? Well, it's meant to fill it up with cars of people coming in. Not to be rented out to use for some other purpose, but for the purpose of God. But the enemy comes. What does he come? Comes to steal our dream. Comes to steal our hunger, our passion. I want to do something great for God. We can have other. I could steal your dream. May not mean to, but I can cut your feet out from under you. Seriously. And other people can do that to you. They're sharing your dream and they're dreaming you and all of a sudden, well, I, don't see, I just don't see it. Remember my leader back there? Oh, my goodness. If he wasn't big, he should have been slapped. But it's true. We're not careful. We're stealing the dream. The enemy comes, and he comes to steal the dream. He comes to take our You know what joy comes out of? Joy isn't coming out of an action. Joy comes when you know what is on the inside of you, and you know you're living in that purpose. 
The greatest joy. Me and Diane was talking about this coming in. Desires and and things tonight. I I find a joy. Man, you don't know how much joy it is to do what I do. I don't like everything I do. But for the most part, this stuff I love. I told, hey, just y'all do everything. I'll just come in and preach. I love it when I go to churches, go in and they open the door, not just to preach, but let me encourage them and strengthen them. I love working with these guys throughout the region. I'm telling you, it brings so much joy. It's, it's there. But the enemy comes to kill your joy. And if he can take your joy, what is he going to do? He's going to destroy your influence. Then Brother Mitch comes up prophesies on Saturday morning in the tag team time. Y'all did notice he spoke more than the rest of them. Mitch, if you're watching. But here's what first words. We've come to get marching orders. We've come to get marching orders. There's an assignment. Listen, there's an assignment to each member of this body. The question is no longer, our prayers should no longer be God. We want you to move. God is moving. We sang the song tonight. Our prayer has to change. Lord, move in our city. Move in our city. Our prayer has to change. Okay, God, what do you want me to do? What's the assignment I have today? What's the assignment this week? What's the assignment this year? Then he said something so remarkable that he said with Peter. He used Peter for a moment to agree with what's on God's heart we got to somehow find the heart of God and just begin to agree with it. I agree with what is on your heart. Here's a good one. The change needed, the change needed is not out there. The change needed is in us. To see what God is really doing. God, are you moving? Can I not see it? Can you not see it? We need to ask. I just don't see God doing anything. Maybe I need. Maybe I'm the guy that's blinded by all this stuff that's going on that I need need to see. Are you okay? Good. Good. Because I'm just rehearsing what they said. That chain, Dan, Pastor Val steps up. Blast us out of the place Sunday night or Saturday night. First thing that he said, one of the hardest, biggest things he said, all of it was good. God isn't going to He is. We need to thunder that. God's not going to move. He is moving. I heard a message by Jesse Duplantis a number of years ago, just a few years ago, actually. He said, I go to conferences all the time. This is all I hear. God's fixing. God's fixing. God's going to. God's going to. He said, I'm tired of God going to. Let's see what God's doing. See, what we need to find right now, there may be bigger things God is going to do, but we'll never get to those things if we don't recognize what God is doing right now. Here's the other thing. It is not about to. It is. So God is moving. Revival is here. Harvest is coming. It is manifesting. It's now. Not months from now. Not years from now. But it is now. Here's another thing he filled us with. We can't be resistant to the Holy Spirit. One of the things that, uh, I wrote so many things down. I got so many notes, it's not funny. I was writing and listening and writing and listening. One of them said something, where, where, no, where's it at? Let me find this page over here. 
I think it was Mitch declared, I've heard this several times, and it's funny, I've listened to several different preachers since Sunday, and all of them were preaching the same message these guys are preaching, or were preaching to us. And one of the words were fluid, flowing gifts of the Spirit without measure. We need to be expecting full measure of Holy Spirit, full expression of the Holy Spirit in this place. Every time we come together and all the gifts flowing, uh, Dr. Ed Dufresne, I don't know if you all know him. I, they've been quoting him uh, in, in the meetings that I've been listening to. Dr. Dufresne prophesied a few years ago, the day's coming, and I believe it's here now where the gifts of the Spirit, all nine of them are operating in full measure, and also the five-fold ministry gifts are operating in full measure. Matter of fact, Mitch ended up on Sunday saying, prophesying to us that everything we really had need of is already in this house. So if it's in this house, somebody's got to step up. Hello? Maybe somebody's not functioning, but it's time to step up. Pastor went on to say, the anointing fills the body to impact the city. What is an impact? It's the force of, of one object coming into contact with another. So as we come in contact with the city, as we move in, what are we doing? We're making an impact for Jesus. We're impacting them to know the love of God and His greatness. Then we go back to Mitch again on Sunday morning. God wants us to be intentional. And that word, means, that word intentional means to be done on purpose. we got to be inten- intentional about what? About reaching the harvest. Because that's on God's heart. I really believe that it's on the heart of the Lord. God's talking to us through Brother Gander again. The word was increase. Well, where's that increase coming from? I'm not interested in emptying other churches. I'm just empty. I'm interested in reaching people. We've had enough of the shifting of churches. We just need to reach the world. And the harvest. And he said the increase is coming. And part of that says that increase is coming ready to be engaged and involved and sent out and do. And if not careful, because he he was reflecting, it's not to run everybody that's been here off. It's to keep us all flowing in a harmony of unity together. But it's about reaching. we got to be intentional about our purpose. Here's another word, motives. It's not what you do, but why. Why are we doing it? And I saw something Sunday morning to me was astounding. I'll land the jet here because we could keep going. While Mitch was preaching, he wrapped up that message in a great way. He talked about this great plan of God. God's not in a plan B because of COVID or anything else. It's always the plan that he's always working from day one. But I saw something Sunday morning as he began To call us. Will we live by the suke, by our senses? Are we going to live by the Spirit of God? And I saw people all over this house begin to stand up. I thought, why are are y'all doing that? Are y'all wanting to say something? I mean, that was my first thought. Caught it out of the corner of my eye. I think Ben was one of the first ones. And I thought, Ben, do you have something from the Lord? You're wanting him to shut up so you can release it? I... And maybe that was so. But then I noticed something else happened. And I'm, again, that's not a correction anymore. I'm just, but then I saw somebody else pop up. And I saw somebody else pop up. 
I saw somebody else pop up, turn around behind me, and there's, what's his name? Uh, what's Chad's son? Wyatt. There's Wyatt standing up. I thought, why are they standing up? And I realized the depth of the message was somebody said, I'm ready to live for this thing. I'm ready to die to myself, and I'm going to live to the purpose of God like I never have before. And I saw that, and I felt that filled the room. That that's what God was calling us to really live this thing. We, we've got no choice. Remember, it's God's time. This is the time of the kingdom. I'm either going to live in the kingdom realm or I'm going to live for this world. But He's calling us. It's all for Jesus' sake. Will you and I give our lives completely? It doesn't matter what kind of vision I throw out. It really doesn't matter if you and I aren't going to run with it. If we're not going to I don't care what I paint. I'll share this and I'm done. We've been talking about how to make our baptismals better. When I say better, so they're more engaging and conceit. We've talked about moving it out here. We, we've talked, me, we, me and Chad, we've been talking a number of things to do. He said something to me yesterday because we were in here looking at that. He said, Pastor, it don't matter where it's at if we don't see the value of it. What a word. And that's the same thing with the vision. That's the same thing with purpose. Pastor told me yesterday, can I say it? He told me, yes, Pastor, you need to come next few weeks. You need to paint a strong vision. But it doesn't matter what I say if you and I aren't willing to run with it and live for it and die for it. You know, the early missionaries, Mitch touched it earlier. The early missionaries that stepped out, they had such a passion for Jesus. They went into a territory they didn't know. Didn't have an invitation into it. And they went with the intent they would never come home. They even carried their own caskets with them. Because they knew they would die, possibly die for, for the thing that was burning in them. I wonder if we could ever get back to that again. To have a people, a generation that literally is so consumed. By the, by the passion of God. We need to dream again. You need to dream. What God put in your heart. You got a gift to use. Pastor, I don't do anything. I don't do it. You're not supposed to do what I do. You're, you're really not. But you got something on the inside of you. That you could. You make bows. And now you got retired Larry to help you tie them. So you and Larry could be thinking and dreaming about God. What could we do with these bows to advance your kingdom? I'm serious. What could you do? I don't do nothing. I, I, I'm good at baking. Do it. God, I, I want to feed. I, I want to go and I want to bless somebody. Ben and Pam, don't stop dreaming about healing. Don't stop dreaming about healing. The rest of you got healing. You know what you need to be doing? Seeing yourself healing every day. Somebody. Don't look to get your name known. Just look. To, God, I just want to go heal people. I, I, I haven't even got back to Matthew. We'll do that another night. But you need to dream that way. Think about that. 
I'm serious. I used to think about preaching to literally thousands. Pastoring thousands. Is it possible? Yeah. You know what dream has stirred me lately to get back in the show me center? I talked about that when I first came. We're going to go there and have church. I'm still stirring that dream again. I don't know how, don't know when. But I'm still stirring that to do it. But see yourself. Michael's got a dream to preach this gospel. Michael, preach it even if it's the one. Because if you'll do it to one, God will give you two. And if you'll do it to two, he'll give you three. Just get stirred to do something for God like you've never been stirred before. Because it's time. And it's now. We received some instructions over the weekend. We're going to try to make them clearer than we ever had. This is a time of increase. So we need to be looking. Guys, you guys need to get ready. You're the core. You guys need to get ready. Some of you, somebody told me the other day, we got a group that always goes out to eat. Please don't anybody finish. Everybody's invited to go to eat when everybody goes. But we only got so many tables that you can put so many people in. We can't take 35 people into a restaurant and expect to sit down at the same table. It ain't going to happen. But you know what you ought to do? Start doing Let me get my group. Let me get a group. And I'm going to take it. And I'm, and I'm going to believe for some that I haven't been able to get into it to come in with me. And we're, we're exponentially growing and we're moving this thing. And you don't have to wait for me to put your approval on it. Just lift up Jesus. Hello? Come on and stand with me tonight. Did I say anything that I need to clarify? I think i got to go back through this again. I'm serious. It's a waste of our time and money if we're not going to pay attention to what God is saying and not act upon it. We'll be talking the same thing next year. And I'm talking to me. I'm preaching to this boy right here if that's all we're going to do. Father, thank you for your goodness and grace. Thank you tonight, Father, for your love, your kindness, and mercy. Thank you for what you're doing with our church. Thank you for the move of God that is on right now. And, Father, we just yield to it. We just yield to your purpose. We yield to your heart tonight. Father, give us the courage and the boldness. Well, you've already given it to us. You said grace was here. So, Father, we release the grace. And we release them to go into the field, God, as they go. God, to look for opportunities to do your work like they've never done it before. I give you praise for it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good night, everybody.